Welcome to Get Your Goal with Paula B. I'm your host, Paula B. I'm a weight loss and menopause expert, certified life coach, and author of the book, Mind Over Menopause. On this podcast, we dive deep into the mindset tools and proven Get Your Goal formula that will help you lose weight for the last time. Are you ready to get your goal? Me too. Let's go. Hey, girlfriend, welcome to episode number 276, the one where we're talking about happy, not perfect, which was a super fun and interesting self-help book by Poppy Jamie. This episode is actually a replay of the live book club, which I host every other month, or I have been hosting every other month in partnership with Chirp Audiobooks, where you can get fantastic audiobooks for steep discounts and absolutely no monthly subscriptions. This conversation was so lively, so fun, so interactive. There was laughs and disagreements, which is always my favorite part. (laughs) And I really, really hope that you enjoy it. And of course, I want to know if you've read the book too, I'd love to hear your opinion. Hope you enjoyed this replay. Here we are, you guys. Welcome to the book club. I was going to announce it with its full name. And I was like, wait, what is the full name? It's the Paula B. Wellness Over 50 Book Club in partnership with Chirp Audiobooks. It's a long sentence. (laughs) And this month we were reading, actually this, because it's in every other month, so I never really know how to introduce that. But this month, over the past two months, we've been reading Happy Not Perfect by Poppy Jamie. And I keep wanting to reverse her names. And I wonder if one of those is a middle name rather than a last name. I've been curious about that the whole time I was reading it. And I, I will tell you straight up, I enjoyed this book and I'm going to give this book a compliment sandwich (laughs) because I had some things that I was like, well, I don't know about that. So the first thing that I'm always going to ask, did you read via an actual, either on your phone or with a paper book, or did you listen to the audio? I personally listened to the audio only and did not get, of course, Sally has a paper copy. I love it. I always wonder about whether or not you guys get like a copy copy or if you listen via the audiobook. Um, Amy says she listened through Chirp and Terry said she read it. Interesting. I I was very curious listening to it as to whether or not there were a lot of like boxes or asides or things that would be more visual. I always wonder that when I'm listening to an audiobook that some of them have a lot more you know, segmentation than others. Debbie says that she listened. Fiona says that she was on Kindle on her iPad. That's such a good size too. That feels almost like a book book when you're reading it on an iPad. I did listen only. I think I already mentioned that. I, um, for maybe not the first time, but one of the first times, the first time in a while, I was super happy that it was the author herself narrating You know my opinion about that. I mention it every time. I love it when it's the actual author who is narrating because it makes all of the personal stories so much more personal. I felt like she was perfectly delightful. She had such charm and so much energy. Um, And it made her personal stories again. It just seemed like it was definitely coming from her. And for those of you who haven't heard, because I have not announced this widely, I did get chosen to narrate my own audiobook. So when my audiobook comes out, it will be me speaking significantly slower than my normal 
tone of voice. <laughs> Thank you, Terry. <laughs> I, I had to audition. <laughs> and I when I sent in my original audition, they were like, we can tell you're very enthusiastic about this material. Can you possibly send us another version where you're speaking a little slower? <laughs> so I had to speak very slowly for my audition. And Amy says, which is fine because we'll speed you up anyways. Exactly. I actually listened to, well, I listened to this book on one and a half because I didn't start it until this week. <laughs> so, but I made it through in plenty of time. I felt like, did you guys agree that this was a really like a very zippy read or did you find it one that you really wanted to like sit with and spend more time like absorbing? I felt it I felt it was very easy to absorb. And you guys, just so you know, on the podcast audio only replay, y'all nodding your heads <laughs> isn't helpful. <laughs> Sally says, short book in big font. Oh, oh, interesting. How many pages was it as, um, as a book book? I love how I refer to it as a book book as opposed to any other kind. <laughs> Almost 300 pages. Oh, okay. Which is, I mean, that's a relatively speaking, I'm going to call it a normal sized book, um, which, oh yeah, that is nice readable font. Oh my gosh. I could, I could almost read that on zoom. I love it. So, okay. Sorry. I'm letting somebody in. So of course I've got to ask, did you like it? I mean, that's always my first basic question. Again, y'all nodding your heads. <laughs> Either unmute or type something in. Terry says yes with an exclamation point. Yes, I love it. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I probably would give it a rating of a four on a, the Goodreads rating scale of one to five. Yes. But there was a lot of it of, oh, you mean like feeling your feelings? Oh, you mean like just examining your thoughts? So I definitely kept taking all of her things and just applying it to what I hear you talk about. You know, I, we've talked about that at the last couple of book clubs. And I do find that to be one of the most interesting things being in, you know, the self-help space also, is that those of you who are very familiar with my message, who listen to the podcast and or are in the Get Your Goal group, that you do after a while start to read other books and hear other things through my lens, which is is how I read it too, obviously, that there were there were lots of things in this book that I was reading, like through my own way of thinking about things, which of course is why I disagreed with some of the book. Also in general, I found it to be very readable, very interesting. Um, I, I thought she was a little young a couple of times. That was probably um, speaking of my compliment sandwich. There were a couple of times where she talked about things that I thought, gosh, I really haven't felt that way in a long time, that there were a lot of, anxieties and situations that she felt very enmeshed in that I realized I, I thankfully, I mean, definitely one of the perks of being in my fifties, there were, there were things that I was like, gosh, that just doesn't resonate with me at all. And I was curious if you guys felt the same way about, not that it was an age barrier in any sense, but just that there were, there were some things that didn't resonate as much where she was very clearly speaking to a younger audience. 
Um, and Amy says, but I did appreciate that they were her own stories. Absolutely. I, I have to tell you that was one of the things that I loved most about the book was just how much she shared of herself, how vulnerable she was, how very much she was willing to dive into her own insecurities and tell her own stories. And, and it, in my opinion, didn't really come off in a very like, like a self-deprecating way, or even in a, like a kind of performative way. I, you know, how sometimes when people say they're being vulnerable, how you're like, is that vulnerable? Or are you just speaking to your audience in a way that's like performatively vulnerable? Sometimes it feels a little bit businesslike. Um, and Amy says it felt very Brene Brown. I agree, which she mentioned numerous times was an influence of hers. Um, Okay, so this will take me to my, the other part of my compliment sandwich. Did you find that the constant referencing and quoting from other people and other experts, did you find that helpful or not helpful? I have an opinion, but I'm curious about yours first, about whether or not it seemed helpful. Yeah, yeah go ahead. I, I did not particularly find that helpful. Um it actually felt to me like I really appreciated her um, her own ideas, the ones that belong to her. Mm-hmm. And I've read Brene and I've read this one and I've read that and, and Oprah and whatever. And, you know, it's like, I really just wanted to hear from her. Yes. So that I, I didn't love it. Um, but I, I thought that kind of spoke to how young she is. And that I agree. Yeah. Credibility through the citations. I agree. Well, and for me, there were there were a couple of notable citations that I was like, oh, that kind of took me out of wanting to believe what you're talking about. Just because there were there were some people that she quoted that I do disagree with. And there were some people that she quoted that I didn't know at all. And therefore it didn't either add or take away it much as you said, I mean, I, I agree fully with what you said, but it, it kind of watered down what she was saying to just stand on her own ideas and, and give an entire book about here's what I think and here's what I do and here's how you can do it. Um, oh, and Sally says, Oh, I'm going to disagree a bit. Tell us all about it. Yes. Yeah. Maybe it's, maybe it's the way I use the book because I did find her, as we said before, I found her young. And she was also, to me, she was doing this whistle-top tour of, of a whole collection of different things and different people she'd have on her podcast and extracting little bits here and there. Mm-hmm. And I prefer a deeper dive. So the fact that she referred to people, I would either skate over it as kind of yes, but in certain places it was like, okay, I'll go and I'll go and look. I'll look at that book. I'll look at that person. And that was actually quite interesting. So I kind of didn't find it distracting because I could just go, oh, yeah, I'm going to look more. I mean, the, 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 the person I probably enjoyed the most diving further into uh, was Joan Rosenberg, who I hadn't heard of at all. I hadn't either. That was the one of the ones that I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, no, she was, I'm finding her really interesting. So ah. from that point of view, because of how I was reading the book, which was this kind of, yeah, familiar idea, met that with Paula, yeah, that translates mm-hmm. kind of, browsing my way through in that in that kind of way I actually 
didn't find the references disturbing, although I did, did seem a little bit of a name drop in places. My friend, <laughs> you know, whenever I've got a problem, I phone one of these 10 experts in their field. <laughs> Which I, I was wondering about that too. I was like, do you really? I mean, is that, is that available? That was, I thought that was very interesting. And I love how you obviously spent more time with the book than I did. I love that you took the ones that seemed interesting to you on that deeper dive. And I can definitely see how using it almost as a, I can't come up with the right word, almost as a reference to, to continue on with would be in fact, very helpful. And that's, that's a very good point. Um, Amy says the quotes I enjoyed were not hers. So for me, it took away her credit of writing the book as she was relying on so many others. And I, uh, oh, and Terry says, I get how she was crediting the quotes and ideas, but it was often distracting and broke the flow of her writing, which I, I am curious about whether or not it read differently than it sounded. Via the audiobook, it didn't seem to break the flow in the way that it, it might have visually. Auditorially, it, it sounded like it was all one, which is actually part of why I ask whether or not you read or, or listen because some books really do need that, that visual break where you can see this is a separate idea. We're talking about something completely different. This is self-contained, you know, like a box or something. This is self-contained. And it does intend to, to break the flow and give you just one little chunk of something that you can think about all by itself as opposed to, you know, the rest of the narrative. So I was wondering how many of the quotes and other things were really broken up because listening to it, it all sounded like it flowed very much. Um, and Sally says I was reading it and that didn't break it for me or, okay. So Paula, can I just say something? Of course. Um, so I'm going to be different than the rest of you guys. I love I'm, it. Yeah. To me, I, I appreciated that she was owning this wasn't her information and that she had learned this and I'm going to assume excited about it and wanted to credit the people that she got that information from. And this is my field. So I had heard of lots of these people. So it was exciting to sort of, and I did exactly what Sally did. Oh, who's that person? Let me go and look. So it, it actually makes it more, I agree. There were times I just flipped over, you know, when she's got any quotations, I'm going to the next sentence. But it was it helped me to be it helped her to be more believable to me that she wasn't owning things that weren't hers, that she was saying, I learned this. And, yeah, she obviously knows a lot of folk because she's going right. I guess just being in the TV business or whatever business she was in that she got to bump into people. So for me, it made the book more um, uh, believable. I, I appreciated that she said, this isn't mine. This is what this person has studied and researched, and this is how I'm going to use it. So I kind of thought that was interesting. But the other part to me was I was like, oh, my gosh, I wish I'd had that kind of, in, you know, intelligence when I was her age. You know, it was like, I was kind of, yeah, so, you know, all the hashtags and everything was, you know, I'm too old for all that stuff. But I just thought, I hope her book reaches people of her age because she... Mm -hmm to share for younger folk but I thought it was anyway that's just my three and a half cents yeah no and I appreciate that because I I do wonder again I went through it quickly and listening to it I know that my ability to absorb information really is different in written form form versus listening to something I and I love that both you and Sally said that it really offered you the uh, opportunity to dig deeper. And I think had I seen the name visually, 
you know how, I mean, you know, memory is just different with auditory learners and visual learners. I definitely think of myself as somebody who has a visual memory. So having, having said that, it does make me actually want to see a physical copy of the book so that I can take note of some of the names and, and do some further research on that. And I love that you guys both did that with it. Um, and Terry says, I agree. She did good work as a writer, making sure she gave credit to everyone from whom she got information, inspiration, quotes, and research. I totally agree. And I mean, as as a, a person in the, the self-help field, there aren't any new ideas. I mean, there just aren't. This is this has all been done. It's all been said. I found myself throughout so much of her book. I mean, I've read my own book and I was like, oh, wow, she said it just like me. <laughs> so I did not have very original ideas for some of the places in my book. And then I thought, well, no, of course I don't. Nobody does. Nobody is treading new ground on this. We're all simply offering our opinions to it. And, and as Fiona just said, her specific way of speaking, I think is going to be so helpful for the young audience who is on Instagram, who thinks in hashtags and is really, you know, consumed by that social media in a way that I, I did not feel resonant with, even though, I mean, I am a social media influencer myself. Um, Sally says, all knowledge is but remembrance. Exactly. And speaking of Sally, yes, Sally, you've got your hand raised. How are you today, love? Hi there. Um, I, I think she wrote it in a very accessible way. I, I found it, yeah. Oh, no, as, you, as you say, we know the subject, not yeah. quite inside out, but you do. Um, but yes, I just felt she, she'd written it very accessibly. Yeah, I agree. I it felt very... Very simple to read, very simple to listen to, very much like a chat with a friend. I, As a writer, I appreciated how well she was able to imbue her personality in the writing. It didn't read like a textbook at all. I mean, it couldn't possibly have, especially with her voice. I mean, she's, you know, young and bouncy. So there was there was nothing about it that felt stiff or or overly... I guess I'm going to say academic and that doesn't, I don't mean that as any sort of an insult. It was a, it was an academic subject that she approached in a very conversational tone. Um, oh, and Fiona says, yes, you are right. It's not new information, but it may have been new to her. It absolutely might have been. And that was, I think, well, actually, let me ask you guys a question. Did you find the book to be, I think we all found it to be at least interesting, but I'm curious if you found it to be helpful. Like, did you actually go through and do some of the exercises and, and use it as a, you know, a self-help book? Mary says there are no original thoughts anymore. It's true, but new ways of presenting the information and new stories to tell in terms of, you know, like personal experience with the information, which is what I think a lot of, a lot of writers do nowadays is simply tell their own story through the lens of what they have learned that has been around, you know, for generations. Okay, so I saw some nodding heads. Again, not helpful on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, tell me how you thought it was helpful. I saw some nodding. Um, Sally says, yes. Oh, and I intend to do more. So sat with each of the exercises and, and moved through them. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it will help me. Personally, my, my anxiety. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, and that was, I mean, one of the things that I thought was very interesting about the book is that she presented it as, oh, this is helpful with anxiety, but then had a lot of, in my opinion, uh, further reaching uh, ways to be helpful than strictly anxiety, which to me personally, I got to be honest, I, I was about at the 80% mark, which I don't know how many chapters that was. And I thought to myself, oh, cool. She's wrapping this up. This was fantastic. This was really helpful. And then there was still 20 more percent of the book. And it was like, well, where else is she going to go? And that's when I thought the back 25% or 20% got a little bit farther reaching than maybe she had intended to. Yeah, agreed. Uh, oh, and Amy says, no, listening makes it challenging for me to do that. I agree. I, I do think that that is one of the drawbacks of listening to a self-help book, especially when it does have like, here's an exercise, here's something to do. Um, and because I kept attributing her ideas to your processes, I just kept thinking I would continue Paula's way. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, and I guess that's why I'm wondering, I mean, especially for those of you who have really used like a lot of my formula and, and my thoughts and ideas, like how, how do you fit in different processes? Cause even at the very end of the book, when she's like, here's my process. And then it wasn't like, here's what I do every day. It was like, here's my process in my life at different times. I do these 12 different things. And it, it felt a little to me, it felt too big to be accessible. It didn't feel precise enough. I think is the word I'm going to use. And I'm very curious if if you got more precision out of it than I did. I, I was going to say, I, I can't remember what she called them, but it was people uh, like mentors that you have for each type mentors. of yeah. Yes, <laughs> that you've, for each situation and who might those people be for you. And I kind of liked that thought exercise to go through that because I have different friends in different areas mm -hmm. that I would look to. So I thought that was helpful. And that's a really interesting point because that was one of the things that she she laid out as, okay, do this that I didn't spend time with. I, I had an opinion, I'll be honest, I had an opinion when she was saying that because it came right after she had talked about how she's trying really hard not to do what other people say and how to like you know, stand on her own two feet and listen to her own wisdom, but also I'm totally going to listen to these other people. I felt it, it felt like a little bit contradictory to me. I totally see the wisdom in being able to like have mentors. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. It, it was just the timing of it for me in the book where I was like, Oh, how interesting. Yeah. Amy. So great. So I had three things that I took away from the book. And so that one I really liked because it was a flexi mentor and mm -hmm. I just like the way it sounded. Yeah. Um, and so what I, the way I interpreted that was my goal friends. Mm -hmm. And, and that's how it felt useful to me because I know that when, when I journal or when I post something, I'm going to get feedback. Mm -hmm. And so it's not so much that I'm listening to other people, but I'm asking for reflection and, you know, and it sort of opens me up to some other ideas about what it is that I was thinking about. Um, and then she had two other things that I really liked, also because I liked the way it sounded. Um, I liked FOBO, the fear of bad outcomes. <laughs> that and, was funny too. <laughs> and I loved ants. 
Her automatic negative thoughts. Like, so can I tell you guys something? I have that in my book. I almost <laughs> lost my mind and I use it differently, but I was like, okay, so I'm not that clever. <laughs> or you are. And or I am. Too. And there's really only some knowledge in the world and we're all going to use it the same way. I know. Right. But I thought I, anyway, anyway, I was, I was especially bothered by the ants, to be honest with you, because I was like, oh, I hope it doesn't sound like plagiarism that I have used this same thing because her book came out, technically speaking, before I wrote mine, I just had no access. I, you know, hadn't accessed it until now. <laughs> so funny, bothered by the ants. Exactly. Oh, and there's ants in another book too. Okay, well, good. If all of us call them ants, then I don't feel bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Amy says, I must have listened too fast as I am still not sure what flexing is. Is it just noticing your thoughts? Yes, except for, and this was, I mean, for me personally, this was the thing that I had the biggest problem with in the book. She never, ever, ever, ever acknowledged that your feelings come from your thoughts. Ever. You feel some way because something triggered you. You feel some way because somebody said something. You feel something because of circumstances. There was never, ever I mean, she said, listen to your thoughts. Absolutely. I mean, that's what she was talking about, the automatic negative thoughts. I mean, she had a lot of like that brain science and the, you know, uh, negativity bias and confirmation bias and all those kinds of things. But she never talked about how those thoughts actually create your feelings. She attributed feelings to circumstances. So, yes. But also kind of no. what I got out of the book was that she was saying, acknowledge your feelings. Not so much listen for your thought, like recognize that your thoughts are happening, but pay attention to your feelings. And maybe she hadn't interviewed a CBT expert in her podcast. I know I kept thinking that I volunteer. I totally volunteer. We agree about almost everything, Poppy. Let's talk. <laughs> and I did find that. That to me, I attributed the whole feelings come from Instagram and feelings come from other people and uh, parties make me anxious. I attributed so much of that to her age. I mean, I, I do think that there are some concepts that are easier to come to maybe, and maybe it's just because I came to them later. It's hard for me to say I, I wasn't even remotely thinking about any of this in my 20s and 30s. Not even a little bit. So it's really hard for me to say whether or not I personally would have been able to understand the concept at that age. I know how much easier it was for me at a later age or in my 40s. I was, I, technically speaking, I was in my 40s when I first started doing this work. Yeah. <laughs> but it was my very late 40s, like hanging on at the very, very end of them before I really got into this. So, so yes, and I think coming back to the question about what it meant to be flexi, I personally, and again, this really might have been because I was listening instead of looking at it. Was there some point where she basically had like a one page of this is exactly what it means and this is what you do? Or was it really everything throughout the book? I know that there were the four C's of being flexible. 
And then she, you know, in the different sections and different chapters really explained those all. But I wasn't sure if it was a small concept of being flexi or if it was a lot of concepts under the umbrella of being flexi. So I'm curious, did you guys understand that better than I did? Because it felt amorphous to me. She seemed to use flex as a trademark. Okay. You know, I am presenting flex as my, my thing. Okay. And then use flexi at the front of other words mm-hmm. and then talk about being flexible. So at no point did you actually get what flex. And you kind of, you should, I mean, I start to think, am I going to get something that's four letters? Is, is there going to be an F and L, E and X? <laughs> no, there's four C's. Okay, mm-hmm. so it, it just seemed like she sort of almost like a, a branding to me, almost like a branding trademark thing of, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere along the line, if I've got to, if I'm going to have a method or something's going to be mine, I'm going to call it flex. And maybe it was just her as an entrepreneur. It was her branding kind of practice to mm-hmm. have a label to go with her book. Don't know. OK, because okay, that is how I read it, that. Flexi is a brand or flex is a a brand exactly like you described it. And then there are lots of different concepts that fall under each of the four C's. So I'm drawing a big pyramid here. It's not a pyramid scheme, but it is like, like there's, there's the, the pinnacle of saying that this is just what, these are the things that like a flexi person or a flexible person, a flexible thinker does. They fall under these categories and then under each category there were several i I mean some of the some of the c's seem to have quite a few different concepts underneath them but again i i think visually i'd love to draw myself a a branching tree that looks very triangular to to get a little bit more of a handle on it Um, and sally says i think having a a neurotherapist mom would have helped her (laughs) progress i wonder though i'm I was very curious about that. I thought that was very interesting. This was one of the parts of the book that I was like, oh, you're walking a fine little line there where she talked a lot about, you know, like upbringing can do this and can do that. And then she's like, but my family was great. (laughs) Like, I know because your parents are reading your book, huh? (laughs) Which, Which I do think is one of those things that is something that can be difficult as somebody who offers self help. It's like, yeah, of course your parents all, you know, kind of kind of mess with your brain because parents do. And also your family is fantastic. It's totally okay to love your parents. And there is that fine line of there are influences and it doesn't necessarily mean anything because because of biology, because of the way our brains work. There's there is almost no way to parent that is going to create some human being who is perfectly well-rounded. Yes, Amy. And I would, I would just agree that I don't think it's a guarantee because as a math teacher, my kids, all four of them struggled with math. So there is no guarantee in what your parents do as to what you understand and what you're going to, you're going to have as a takeaway. Isn't that interesting? Was that, I'm curious for you personally, was that infuriating (laughs) to have your kids struggle with math? Like your favorite thing in the world? (laughs) It was, it was just more frustrating that they wouldn't let me help them. They wanted nothing to do with me. I had one child that would maybe sit down with me and the other child was like, Hey, I have a quiz tomorrow. Can you hurry and help me get my homework done? And I was essentially doing it for him. But other than that, it was just like, why won't you let me help you? And I'm sure maybe that 
Poppy's mom had similar types of frustrations of you're going out and just doing whatever you want to, and you're not letting me help you. And that as a mother can just be a little bit frustrating of why can't I help you? Yeah. And kids do what they do, just like our bodies do what they do. They go out and do whatever they want to and have to find their own way because that's what makes sense to them. And so she probably relied on that as a resource, mm-hmm. but not till later. I can almost guess that that was not something that she even was like, oh, I have a mother that can help me. Maybe I should use that as a resource. Just my own personal thought. Well, and I was really curious about the fact that she didn't quote her mom or talk about like some of the therapeutic skills that her mom has, or maybe even some of the tools that her mom uses in her practice. I thought that was very interesting because, because she drew from such a wide array of resources i correct me if i'm wrong i'm not remembering a lot of really specifically like psychotherapy resources that she mentioned no she didn't she didn't mention specifics like that but she did say and it's like amy was saying like she her, she quotes her mother as helping her with the book Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit like, you know, run off the rails, make a mess of my life, get in deep, deep trouble. <laughs> you know? And then then sort my pieces out. And once I've done that, I can I can talk to my mum and she can say, oh, these are all the things that I could have told you in the first place, honey. Right. <laughs> I don't know. But she don't, I mean, she doesn't quote her mother, but she certainly talks about her, her mother helping with the book. So mm-hmm. I don't know what their what the relationship is there. Yeah. Well, and again, because she did offer, I thought she offered lots of different tools for different situations. And and again, having had access to psychotherapy tools from her mother, and I mean, just in the world, if not her mother specifically, I didn't recognize any of them as being specifically like from psychotherapy, which I, I thought it was... Coming back to the point that I was talking about earlier about how I thought the last 20% probably could have just been chopped right off the end of it. I felt like she kept talking to the point where she couldn't help but reverse herself, where she said, oh, don't use affirmations, but here's some affirmations for you. And don't rely on other people, but definitely rely on other people. And don't do this, but also here's this exact thing you should do. And it's like, it. I remember given given my... Uh, my contract of how many words I had to had, I vividly remember being like, how am I going to fill the last two chapters? And that's kind of how I read her book. <laughs> how are you? How am I going to fill the last two chapters? I've really said everything I wanted to say. So now I'm just going to throw some more things out there. Maybe this will help. <laughs> and I was, and I, I know that sounds very critical. I'm, I'm just waiting for the one star reviews on my own book, you guys. I really am. I promise you I'm not putting them out in the world for that exact reason. I don't. I yeah, I will tell you that one of the things that I did do on this book. Let me tell you a story. Can we have a book club? Oh, we'll definitely have a book club. Um, so when Chirp approached me for this pick, the original book that they gave me was a different one. And I don't even remember the title of what it was, but they had said, because I had uh, several months ago, I had been like, you know, here's 12 titles I'm willing to read. 
and they had to work with their publishers and, you know, because they're a clearinghouse, you know, they're like super inexpensive. And so they put things on really, really steep discounts for a certain amount of time based on deals that they get from the publishers that they work with. And so they had they had given me a, another title, like, here you go, here's the next one. And based on a couple of descriptions in a couple of places, I was like, oh, this is a really interesting book. Can't wait to read it. That sounds fantastic. Then I did a little bit more research because the last book that we read got very religious. And I don't want to offer you one opinion as though it is the thing that you guys should believe in. And I felt that the last book that we read that came from a very, very Christian perspective might have not been open to other perspectives. And so I wanted to be open to all kinds of beliefs. And the book that they had chosen for me, nowhere did it look as though it was a religious book until I went to Goodreads and read the reviews. And every single review was like, oh, I'm so glad for this scripture-based uh, you know, type of self-help. And I was like, holy moly, are you kidding me? I mean, no offense on the holy moly, but like, are you kidding me? None of the descriptions indicated in any manner that this was going to be a religious book. So I went back to Chirp and I was like, you know, I, I respect that lots of people can get a lot of things out of this book, but I don't want to only offer this, this one perspective. I would really rather keep it secular so that more people can get more out of it. And um, and so I went and did read a lot of reviews about this book. This is where I was going with this, that I read a lot of reviews about this book. And one of the things that um, quite a few reviewers said was that it offered a lot of ideas in a lot of different ways and maybe didn't like narrow itself down and that it was very easy to read much more as a memoir than a self-help. So I came into it really expecting to just read her story. I definitely had that, I'm going to call it a bias, coming into it, as opposed to looking for here are some very specific things you can do and what you will get out of it. And so I was curious what you guys thought about reading this book more as a memoir. I mean, having put that bug in your ear now, it's like, oh, well, that could just be her story. And Terry says, I like that though. It's like a buffet. Take what you like, uh, what might work for you, try it out, take what works and leave the rest. Exactly. Exactly. I always, I always appreciate that perspective, the take what works for you and leave the rest. But I'm curious how you think about reading something as a memoir that has some self-help parts to it versus reading it, wanting to come away with, <laughs> she's too young for a memoir. <laughs> Drew Barrymore wrote her first memoir at what, like 19? I can quote me on that one. I was just reading something about that not too long ago. She had lived a lot of life by the time she was 19, though. <laughs> but I'm curious thinking about the way that it felt more like, oh, more like a mom blog. That's so interesting, which of course, without her having kids, but yeah, that is kind of interesting. No, no, no. It it was spell check, mem blog. Oh. Like it was a more of a, you know, like she was, she was very 20 something. Mm -hmm. Except and so, she in her 30s. Yeah. But her, but she was talking about 
that decade of mm. her life when she oh, herself out. Of course you did the research. Thank you. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, and, and I do wonder how as she grows and changes and develops more of her own like theories about things, I do wonder if this will hone into more of more something specific that is more specifically hers also. And Lori says for 20, 30 something readers that will likely be compelling. I agree. I so, agree much to her point about having flexi mentors. I mean, for her to be able to be a flexi mentor to somebody in their twenties and thirties, for sure. Yes, Amy. So going back to your question of if, if I had known that I was reading it more as a memoir, um, I think that it would have been an easier approach for me because when I read these self-help books, I always am like, what is my takeaway? What am I learning from this? Mm -hmm. And if it was, if I had been uh, going into it with an understanding of this is just her stories, then I would have just enjoyed it a little bit more, I think. And then just seeing some of her aha moments of, oh, that's kind of cool. Oh, maybe that's something I can try. And I wouldn't feel as compelled to have to learn something from it because that's always where I decide because for me, that's why it got a four is because I could relate it so much to what I already know from your processes. Mm -hmm. That's why I was like, okay, well, this is just layering that truth upon what I already know and understand. Whereas if I went into it of, hey, here's this, some awesome stories and here was approach, I would not feel obligated to myself to have to learn something from it, if that makes sense. Which I do think was definitely helpful for me to approach it like that. I mean, and also confirmation bias, why I didn't notice a process in the book. Although it does sound like perhaps there wasn't like a very, very specific, you know, daily process of here's what you do, but rather a lot of different suggestions about things that you might do because I came to it reading her story, expecting it to be story-like, I wasn't coming to it like, here's a process, which I do think, and Sally says, I read it as a podcast series, highlight summary, uh, kind of podcast memories, sort of. Exactly. I did think that that was, I think that's actually a really interesting way of, of thinking about it. That is kind of funny when you put it like that, because she did quote, yeah, this person that I had on the podcast and that person that I had on the podcast. It really is a series of podcast memories. That's very interesting. So I'm curious, I mean, for those of you who understand processes and have your own processes, did you create a process for yourself from her suggestions? Like, did you find a way, I know that on one of the other books that we read and don't mind me calling you out, but Terry, I remember that you took something from one of the other books and you're like, oh yeah, this is my daily process now. Like, this is what I do and this is how it's working and this is what I took away from it. And so I am really curious if, if any of you took maybe one or two of the things that she talked about in this book and made your own process out of it. And Telly says, no, already had yours. <laughs> you guys are so kind to me. Yes, Amy. Oh. Yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, I'm a devotee of your process. However, because she's so young and she speaks in a younger person's voice, mm -hmm. um, 
it's a good resource, which I have shared with some of my younger clients who can, who, for whom it's much more accessible. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. Yeah. So thank you. Cause it's a good resource for them. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. And that's, I think that's why I was, I was particularly pleased with this choice. I don't know that I would have, I, I don't know that I would have chosen any of them, honestly. <laughs> I mean, just, I, I just don't know if I would have, I mean, being in a position where I get to choose and have, I'm going to call it an obligation to choose to read self-help books. There, it's not always my genre. I, I definitely prefer fiction. I'll be honest. I read a lot of fiction and I don't read a lot of self-help. And part of that is because of where I am on my self-help journey. Several years ago, I read a lot of self-help books. Having developed my own process, having developed a, a lot more trust in my own brain and my own way of thinking about things, I really don't read a lot of other people anymore. I, I mean, other than for the book club, I, I really have created my own process, which is why I'm asking what, what you took away from to, to put into your daily life. And Amy says, agreed, Sally B pointed out the help she is giving to others in her blog. Those not already set in their ways may find it helpful. Exactly. And I am curious for those of you who have either children or nieces or nephews or, or people of that age in your life. I mean, I imagine this will be a resource that you could recommend. Yes, Terry. Let's get you on. Sorry. There you are. Um, I Two things. I Exactly what you said with adult children who were in that 20s to 30s space, it gave me a lot of insight and compassion for what they're going through. And the other thing that I took away was her four brains, the four brain check-in for decision-making. We are, we're in a season, my husband and I and my kids where a lot of decisions need to be made and just that slowing down and checking in and, and observing. I'd never heard that before. I mean, I probably, I probably have, but sometimes somebody presents it in a way that, that, the light comes on. And so we have, as a family, we've used that process, oh, probably a dozen times in the last few weeks. So that was super helpful. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love that you were able to take something so very practical from it, especially because I'm going to argue with you. That was the part of the book that drove me crazy. <laughs> we have one brain. I just, I really bothered me that she called your heart a brain. I was so bugged by that. <laughs> I love that you took it. I took it very literally, obviously, and didn't care for that specific wording. <laughs> but we do have neurons also. I know. Still, it was just funny. <laughs> I'm glad that you were able to hear that and put it into use in a way that I very clearly could not. <laughs> you guys, this is actually my favorite thing about book club is to hear how something that I was like, oh, that's just not helpful to me at all. That's totally irrelevant. That doesn't apply to me. How very meaningful and impactful it can be to somebody else. This, I mean, this is why writers write books, because the one thing that you took away from it, that you put it into action is something that could change your life. I mean, it totally could. And I love knowing, I love knowing that, that this was accessible to you because of that. <laughs> so I am curious, had anybody heard of or listened to the podcast of or known about Poppy Jamie because she is so young? I mean, she is outside of our demographic. Was this like truly brand new to you the way it was or the way she 
is to me. Lots of nodding heads, y'all. I feel like as a, as a Brit, I should have known of her, but I didn't. Yes, you have an obligation. How come <laughs> you don't know all British I don't, people? I don't know if the other, other Sally can say, to, can cover it. I mean, I feel like she might have been on daytime TV somewhere as a kind of celebrity young person, and I wouldn't have watched it, but yeah. I don't know. Then she went stateside, so she's all over to you guys to know whether you knew of her or not. Well, but I didn't get the impression that she was on TV in America at all. As far as I know, she's an Instagram influencer. I So therefore worldwide. I don't think, did she talk about being on TV in America? I think all of her television experience was in the UK, if I remember correctly. Yes, I got, I lost the track. I think she went to America, fell down a hole and that was part of her. I hate to say throughout her, her, her story, rather than kind of following her story, I, was, I just kept thinking, my, my teenagers were, teenage wasn't like that. <laughs> my, my 20s weren't like that. I just kept on thinking, here's this person trying to sort of make herself relatable and I'm not relating. I'm not relating at all. <laughs> I got to be honest, because I, of course, did go look her up on Instagram and for all of her talk about, oh, I was so bloated and I always go to food and I have a problem and I don't like see myself as this kind of person. Her Instagram is 100% her looking beautiful and glamorous and young and thin and all of the things that she's like, oh, don't go to Instagram looking for that. But also here I am <laughs> like portraying this totally perfect life. That was that was something else that I was like, OK, she talked long enough to kind of contradict herself on, on that specifically, because looking at her Instagram, they're very curated pictures. They're they're not necessarily as highly filtered as some people's Instagrams are, but in general, I mean, it's still very much, this is my glamorous life. This is me looking beautiful, which I thought was kind of interesting. Oh, she does offer a puffy face picture in the book. Oh, that's so good to know. And she might have put that on Instagram. I didn't scroll through her entire feed. I just looked at um, more of the more recent ones. And she did talk about the falsifying of her Instapix. I, I, yeah. She didn't look that bad in that picture, I have to say. It was kind of, look, this is, this is me after I've been in bed and can't get out and my hair is matted and I'm having a bad day. And I just thought, you look really normal to me. But okay. Which truly speaks to the point of the book. You can have an opinion about yourself and your looks and your life that are not what other people see on the outside at all. Oh, yeah. She's still really beautiful. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. I did not scroll far enough to find pictures like that in her Instagram. Her more recent ones are definitely party dresses and good times and stuff. Yeah, she says, that's me in bed, teary cheeks, body aching, heart heavy, gross sores, stomach bloated, swollen face. And then she discusses the, the drive to be perfect and don't do it, which is yeah. good advice. Yeah, well, exactly. I think that was the other thing. That to me was also a very, I'm going to say young part of the book and or different from where I am and possibly just different from my experience. Kind of like what you were saying, like, that wasn't who I was in my 20s. I was not driven in my 20s at all. I, I had no motivation. I had no drive. I, I was, yeah, I was not the kind of girl who was going to 
put together a multi-million dollar company in my twenties like her at all. So therefore that part of like the burnout, I didn't find especially relatable. I, I, I did find that to be very interesting. And I am curious if, if any of you also either related or didn't relate to that talk about hustle culture and the the drive for perfection. I mean, I definitely see that I have like some perfectionist tendencies, but I didn't I didn't relate to a lot of what she was talking about in that particular way. Lots of shaking heads. Yeah. I don't I don't think I understood the the hustle culture that she was talking about, but I definitely tapped into that idea of perfectionism. And the expectations that go with that, because that's something that um, I've been having to figure out from my own personal childhood. And just that expectation of, you know, that, that the task thing as well. I think she talked about like checking off the tasks mm-hmm. and being able to be recognized for all of the tasks. And maybe I'm mixing books up now. But um, so I did recognize that part of it. But yeah. Yeah. So, so then when she was talking about that, did that help even that particular part of the book feel more resonant and more like there's, I guess, maybe even more reassuring, like, okay, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Like when you agree with somebody's, the hard part of their story and, and can see their transformation, I do find that to be helpful. I mean, I have opinions about that, but I'm going to ask you first about whether or not watching her transformation just in and of itself seemed like a helpful part of the book. Yes. it Yes. Because for me, just knowing that somebody else is going through the same experience is what's helpful. Yeah. So regardless of how her end result was and my end result are going to be different, just knowing somebody else is going through the same thing and that they are able to get through it mm-hmm. is to me the helpful part of it. Yeah, exactly. And Sally B says, agreed. Um, and Amy says, who takes a picture of themselves when they feel like that? Somebody on Instagram <laughs> trying to be hashtag vulnerable. <laughs> I'm teasing. I have no idea why she took that particular picture. I don't even know if she was like an Instagram influencer yet. I don't remember that particular part of the story. Yeah, I, I think that's know. I think that's when she was doing the poppy bags business, whatever her expensive. Oh, oh were. yeah. Okay. So so yeah, she probably was already on Instagram at least a little. Because I do I, if I remember correctly, that part of the story was that it was like an online only um not celebrity necessarily, but but kind of celebrity driven um company. I don't remember for sure though. And Sally says somebody in their 20s takes pictures of themselves. Somebody in their 20s. Well, not everybody, though. My kids are in their 20s. They don't take selfies. They really don't. They're, they're on Instagram a lot, but not, the, not that kind of constant I have to keep up sort of a way, which I'm very grateful for. But here's, here's my final question. Oh, gosh. Yeah, definitely final question. I'm curious how, how you read the book, whether or not... Whether or not she, I, God, okay, no matter how I ask this, it's going to sound really judgy. So you're already going to know my opinion. So let me just tell you my opinion. I was a little concerned that she hadn't completed a transformation. 
the way that she was talking closer to the end about, oh, I'm still talking myself off the ledge and I call my mom a lot and I still have to do this and I still have to do that. Now, granted, I still do journaling work every day. I'm still in my brain. I'm still doing the work. But her story of where she is now didn't quite seem like she was as far along as she wants to be. I don't know how else to phrase that. So let me ask her opinion, because maybe I was reading, I know I was reading it quickly, and maybe I was reading it through my own lens of, of, of a judgment. I, I think I'd like to see her further along. I'd like to have her say something like, I don't have to call my mom anymore. Like, this is how I'm dealing with my anxiety is that it's not really anxious anymore, because that is my own experience. I mean, I, I have had crippling anxiety that I don't experience anymore. Like I, I don't. And so I'm curious if you guys read it that way, the judgmental way that I read it, or, or if you saw her as being very nicely far along that everything that she was saying was helpful. I'm, I'm going to say it, say it worse than you. And that I'm going to say, she, to me, she seemed half-baked. I love that, which, which you could take as a, a, as a terrible criticism. No, I mean, she, she's part of the way along something. And she's, she, you know, she's a, although she's lived whatever life she's lived, um, she's still got plenty of other things to face and do. Yeah. Um, I think so. Sorry. Go ahead. I, I, I think she's, yeah, she, it's still obviously a, a work in progress. Isn't, isn't everyone's life. Um, yeah. But I, I feel she's equipped herself with the tools to face the challenges as they arise. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's not saying I'm there. <laughs> I've reached the, the, the goal. <laughs> exactly. Which, I mean, I don't know that there is an end goal. And I, I again, I think, that's why I'm struggling to articulate it. I don't know what else I wanted. Yeah, go ahead, Amy. So I think she presented, at least in the beginning, like, here's how I like fell into this quicksand and got myself out of it. And so here's my my podcast and my tool and my app and my this, and this will fix you like me. But then she's really saying, like, I am a work in progress, like, which is like why I why I would much prefer to read like something that Brene Brown wrote is she comes out right up front and says, here are tools, here's how you can be present and in the moment and be better, a better version of yourself, but you're always going to be working on yeah. this. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so she didn't really acknowledge it. She sort of, I think, sold or tried to sell like, here's the package, here's the tool, be flexy, and then you'll be off the ledge forever but you won't like nobody is yeah. exactly and maybe you know i think you've articulated it so much better than me that she kind of made a promise that was undeliverable i mean not just that she made a promise that she didn't deliver on but it's it's literally undeliverable because because it was such a closed circle of you'll be happy and it's like well sometimes yeah and also sometimes you'll still be a wreck like that's the human experience so done, but not finished. Exactly. <laughs> That's the nice way of saying half-baked. <laughs> I love it. Um, and Laura says, didn't finish the book, but that actually um, would let me off the, I must never have anxiety, unhelpful thoughts, and unmanaged mind again book. <laughs> 
or a hook. Yeah, I again, let me let me give the compliment sandwich. I really did enjoy this book. I thought it was very readable. I thought it had a lot for a lot of different audiences. I absolutely think it has more for a younger audience than than me specifically, which is not a criticism. I, I think that's what, why we all have niches. Those of us in business, we niche down for a reason is because we have people who are going to be able to hear what we have to say, sometimes better than other people. Um, and I thought it was, I mean, just, it sounds, it sounds like faint praise, but I thought it was really enjoyable. It was one of the most enjoyable books that we've read because I, I argued with it less than I have with some of the other books. I found her personally very charming, very listenable, very, I, I was, there was never a point where I was like, I cannot listen to one more word of this. There was always throughout it, it was like, okay, I'm going to put this down because I have other things to get done, but not like. I need to walk away from this book, which I have definitely had to do from some of the other books that we've read. It's like, well, that was enough for right now. Let me come back to this after I've done some other things. So, so I definitely felt like this was an enjoyable read and enjoyed really specifically her story even more so than like, oh, here's, here's a tool or here's a thing that you can take away from it and, and maybe use it every day. So so thank you guys all so much. Um, and Lori says, the reason I didn't finish it was because I kept thinking this isn't for me as in age and life goals, but clearly she has a voice that will resonate for others. Yeah. Which I think that's fair to say about any author in any genre and anything. I mean, thank goodness that there is an audience and really specifically for her, thank goodness there are young people who need a book like that, or thank goodness mm -hmm. there is a book for young people who need to hear what she has to say. And you guys, thank you all for what you had to say. I love these conversations. I so, so appreciate you guys being here. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks for listening. Be sure to leave a rating and review so other women of a certain age can stop struggling with the scale and start loving their menopausal bodies. And if you're ready to change your mindset while you're changing your weight, then it's time to get into the Get Your Goal Mastermind group, where you'll find my proven success formula, answers to your questions, expert coaching, and the community support you've been looking for. You don't need to lose weight alone when you can have fun and level up your mindset with friends. With weekly coaching calls, live journaling classes, and access to the tools and strategies I've used to help thousands of women lose weight for the last time, the Get Your Goal group is the place for you to get your goal. Learn more about group membership at www.getyourgoal.com, and I'll see you inside the group.